The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. You know, I settled on saying good afternoon like four or five years ago because, you know, I didn't know what to say good afternoon or good evening. And, and like a lot of times when I'm saying good afternoon, it's dark outside at five o'clock here in Cincinnati. And I was just looking up at the skylight that's above the station here and it's bright and sunny and beautiful and it's still daylight and it still will be for three more hours. That's a good feeling to see the sun coming in while I'm doing the show. And it actually does feel like afternoon (laughs) when I say good afternoon. Uh, so here we are and we're going to try to tackle something on the show today that in 20 plus years, I've never even attempted to tackle because there's some, there's some stuff that, I mean, there's a limitation to the audio only format. You can't show pictures, you can't draw pictures, you can't, you know, demonstrate things the way maybe you can in a live class or something like that. And this is a topic that is so crucial to like every real estate investor that you, you, you cannot, you cannot tell me an exit strategy that you're involved in or interested in where you do not need to know this. And yet I've never figured out in 20 years how to do it on the radio. I'm talking, of course, about inspecting properties. <laughs> I'm talking about the incredibly crucial skill of being able to walk through a house or an apartment building or whatever you're looking at and get a, a, a educated idea of what needs to be done to that place in order to bring it up to top value, top rents, all the, all the tops we want to be approaching and then put prices on that, put like real legitimate prices on it. This is an area where a lot of um, money is lost. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to say it like less bluntly than that. When rehabbers lose money on a deal, they buy it, they fix it up, and then they end up selling it for less than what they have in it. It's almost always because they miscalculated their repair costs. When wholesalers put a property under contract and then they cannot sell it, it's almost always because they miscalculated the repair costs. When landlords go into a deal saying, uh, this is going to be great, I'm going to get a 10% return on investment, and then they don't, it's almost always because they ended up putting more repairs into it than they thought they were going to have to. 
when note buyers get into bad deals, when people are doing private loans or getting into bad deals, it's usually because one or both parties in the deal miscalculated the whole thing, didn't didn't really know what the property needed and what it was going to cost. So why after 20 plus years have I changed my mind and decided to do a show about the inspection process? Well, first of all, I've got the world's best expert on that topic today, Jerry Fink, who has been involved in real estate investing for over 40 years and full-time since 2002 when he had that um, that mixed blessing moment that a lot of people get where their, uh, their career that they've had for decades um, and the company that they've worked for successfully says, yeah, we're, we're just like cutting a bunch of people, including you. And uh, that's a bad day, except that was the day he went into real estate full time. And since that time in 2002, he has rehabbed, rented, sold, lease optioned 225 houses in both the Cincinnati area and in Florida. And uh, that doesn't even count the million dollar rehab he did on an apartment building on a 120 unit apartment building back in 2010. So he's he's my go to guy when I've got a inspection thing and I'm like I, I've never seen this before what is this I I asked Jerry and he, he always goes oh I know what that is I've seen that before so I've convinced him to join us from his his winter home let's let's call it his winter home <laughs> in in Bradenton Florida Jerry welcome to real life real estate um what we're going to try and do here today, since we can't show pictures and we can't like take people through a house and stuff like that, is <clears throat> describe more generally what the order of these inspections are and at what point you bring in an expert and what you don't wait for before you put a property under contract and sort of, you know, how do you go about doing all of this? Because it seems like there's as much confusion about that as there is about the the more, you know, like in the weeds things like, well, how much does it cost to hang a board of drywall and how much does it cost to replace a window? You, I know you work with a lot of, you're the past president of Cincinnati Rhea and the controller and the treasurer of OREA. So, I mean, you get exposed to a lot of new real estate investors every year. And I'm sure that you get confronted with this confusion about just how the process works all the time. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Yep. So, so I, go ahead. I guess maybe where we start is, um, you know, there is not one inspection. Um, I think a lot of people get confused on that. Mm-hmm. They want to try to do, you know, a very, very complete inspection the first time they ever look at a house. And I think that's uh, a, a huge mistake that a lot of people make. Um, you know, I, I refer to mine as the initial inspection and then the full inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the initial inspection is the one, you know, when you're going out and you're looking for the days, you know, when there were actually properties on the MLS and we go look at 10 properties in one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, obviously you can't spend four or five hours at each one. Um, so we, you know, way back when developed the process of able, being able to get in and out of a house in, you know, literally 10 or 20 minutes. And have a, uh, Jerry, so, Jerry, can you hear me? Um, we're going to, we're going to take a break because your the, the cell phone that you're on is super VoIPy. 
and I'm not sure listeners can actually hear what you're saying because I'm only catching about four out of every five words. Uh, Mike's going to pick up the phone when we go on this break and see if you have a landline we can call or it might fix it just for you to call back. So let, let, let's do that. <laughs> so, try to call back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, listeners, we're going to take a quick break. If you have inspection process related questions, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658, or you can send an email with your question to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking, I hope, today to uh, Jerry Fink down in uh, Bradenton, where apparently they don't have cell phone towers or something, um, which was weird because we, we, we've talked almost every day this week and the, the reception's been fine. But of course, when you get on the radio, suddenly it goes kablooey. So talk to us, Jerry. Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> that is so much better. Okay. Okay, good. So good. you were saying that a big misunderstanding uh, from people who haven't done this a lot is that there's there's not just a single inspection where you're going to, you know, Prior to even making an offer, you're going to go into a house and be there for two or three hours because I believe you were saying that's just like not that's not realistic. You could never see enough houses and make enough offers if you were trying to write down every single, you know, light switch cover plate that needed to be replaced the first time that you went through a property. Right. Right. And then the other side of it is, you know. When we when we get further into it, we may bring one or more professionals in. We may bring a very experienced uh, contractor or an actual inspector uh, to come in and, and or even somebody who, for instance, who is a structural expert. You know, if we see something like that, but we're not going to do that on the initial inspection because it'll cost us too much. It will take too much time, and like you said, we won't be able to see enough properties to make enough offers to get some accepted. Mm -hmm. So So, when you say, I think that's a big, big problem to start with. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you say, when you say initial inspection, let, let, let's talk about where this is in the offer making process. Okay. I, I either, uh, got a call from motivated seller or my agent called me and said, Hey, there's this deal you need to look at. Where does this initial inspection fit in terms of, where do I, when do I make the offer? Right. What about the real right. inspection? So, if this is the initial one, where does the real one fall? <laughs> okay. The initial inspection is the one, like you said, we've talked to a seller or through an agent or however we've gotten a lead on a property. So we go out to see the property for the first time. That's the initial inspection. And this is the one that we literally should be able to get in and out of this house in 15 to 20 minutes. And what we're doing is we are just trying to get a good guess on what the uh, repair costs are going to be so that we then can go through our formula and figure out what the offer needs to be. So this is done before you make your offer. Mm -hmm. Once you make the offer and you get the offer uh, accepted, that's when you go back and do your more more thorough uh, inspection, making sure you've got everything nailed down, you know, as far as what you really need to do, much more solid costs. This would be where you would uh, pull in your structural uh, expert or whatever it might be to make sure that you've got, you know, good solid costs, um, you know, when you actually start the project. Mm -hmm. 
So what I hear you saying is that the folks who, I don't know, out of some sense of, I just have no idea what I'm doing or something, who want to pay you or pay some member of their RIA or pay a contractor to walk through the house with them that very first time. Like, I've never seen this deal before. I have no idea what I'm walking into. I want to pay somebody 150 bucks to come help me figure out what it's going to cost, but I haven't even made an offer yet, so I don't, I don't know if I'm getting the house or not. That is right. probably not a way you want to run your real estate business. No, you're going to spend a whole lot of 150 bucks <laughs> you know, that aren't going to uh, come to fruition. Now, it is not a bad idea when you are first starting out to hire somebody to do that with you on a house or a couple of houses so that you can get that good, um, you know, experienced look at that house. But it is not how you're going to do it every day in your business, you know, going forward because you just, you don't have time or quite honestly the money uh, to hire these people and, you know, most of them are not going to be interested, <laughs> you know, in uh, following you around and looking at, you know, 25 houses uh, if they're not going to get, you know, uh, uh, the contracting work or something, you know, out of it, you know, as part of that deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's not a bad idea initially, but it's not how you're going to run your business. And what, you're, what I think you're saying is if you do this, look at it as I just paid $150 to see how an expert inspects. Exactly. Not not necessarily like get this house expect, ex- inspected because I may not get the offer accepted in the first place. If right. you now we're talking about this number one hundred and fifty dollars. Realistically, that is not a home inspector who's going with you for one hundred and fifty dollars. Home home inspectors. No, they're they're more like somewhere three fifty to four fifty. Yeah, typically. Yeah, and and th- those are the people that you that you would very seriously consider bringing in after you had already gotten the deal under contract. At 150 bucks, you're looking at something like a, a colleague or another rehabber, or as you said, a contractor. Let's talk about the pros and cons of bringing a person who his real goal is not to get 150 dollars. His real goal is to get the job. Like, like yep. what, what he's really yep. doing is not saying, "Here's like objectively how much this property needs." What he's saying is, "This is how much you would have to pay me to do it." Um, like any other profession, you've got good ones and bad ones. Um, I have worked with contractors who I absolutely would bring in for advice on a particular project, okay, because, you know, we've done enough deals together. They know that, you know, if I get this deal, they're going to get the work, right, which is what a lot of them are looking for. And we have established a relationship, you know, over time, you know, so that we can do this. Now, what you're referring to is the what we call scope creep where you know the the contractor comes in says well you know we could add another bathroom we could put an addition on the back of this house we could do this that and the other thing which does you know maybe maybe nothing for you and your profitability but it does a lot (laughs) for their profitability Mm -hmm. so that's what you got to be really careful for when you're bringing in a a a contractor and i'm not you know not all of them are like that you know there are plenty of good ones out there as well but that is what you have to watch for is the concept of scope creep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, just just remembering that a contractor to bring in his goal is not the same as yours. Your your goal right. is I want to find out what's wrong here, what what has to be repaired, what has to be replaced, what can be left alone, and I want to get a handle on what it's going to cost. And his goal is let me figure out how to get this job. Should this person ever buy this house, which may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, typically when people ask me, you know, I, I really, really, really just cannot make an offer unless somebody goes to the property with me. I say, find, don't find a contractor, go to your real estate association and find a rehabber, find, find the person who hires the contractors mm-hmm. and right. pay them, do a favor for them, whatever you have to do partner with them partner with partner them, with them. <laughs> yeah right. do do whatever you have to do to get them to come through and tell you what they would do from their like rehab or eye uh to the property mm-hmm. before you right. uh, before you move on now uh, i think i think this some of this stuff about the the process about um yeah you you walk through you spend 25 minutes and you 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 use the term good guess get a good guess of mm-hmm. what the property needs. I think what terrifies some folks who, who haven't gone through the process before is they think I'm going to make the offer. The seller's going to agree to it. Then I'm going to find out it needed more work than I thought it did. And now I'm stuck buying a bad deal. I think that's what's happening in their heads. Right. And what, you, what you're going to do is you're going to put a contingency in your contract that, you know, an inspection contingency is typically how we refer to that, that says, you know, I am going to have a, another person come and look at this deal. Um, so if if it, you know, that it needs a, you know, a $10,000 roof or a $25,000 septic system, I don't have to buy this deal. I, I actually can legitimately back out of this deal. Now, you don't want to do that as a matter of course every time, but you do want to have that contingency in there that if if need be, you can either renegotiate or back out of the deal. You've probably, based on the number of deals you've done, I'm guessing you've probably made 1,000 to 2,000 offers over the last 40 years? Yeah, probably. Have, <laughs> probably. <laughs> have you ever had a seller go, well, no, I mean, if you need to have somebody else come look at it, I'm just not accepting your offer, even though I like your price. No, no, never. <laughs> not once. It, it, no. it, it, it's so, that that is so common. And I, again, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about this from like when I was really new and I didn't understand how the real estate world worked. I, Inspection contingencies are so common that they're pre-printed in every real estate board contract in the entire United States. If you don't want one, you have to cross it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Clause 14C or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's yep. not like, sellers aren't going to be surprised to see this. And although I think they're disappointed if you end up having to come back and say, uh, yeah, so my, the septic inspector looked at that septic tank and says the whole thing is collapsed and it's going to be a $25,000 re- renovation that neither one of us expected. I, they don't get mad. It, no, it, no. The inspection turned up something that, you know, apparently they didn't know about, even though they're living in the house and using the septic tank. And, of course, you couldn't know about because you don't have x-ray vision. Maybe they did know about it. <laughs> and, and thought Maybe. you were going to be the bigger pool theory. <laughs> you know, you're you're going to take my problem. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about this good guess thing. 
you right. said you said you need to walk through there and you need to come up with a pretty good guess on what right. it's going to cost, which means, I mean, step one there is you just have to see what's there, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, how does one go about getting a good guess? I mean, it's not like we all have instincts about what it costs to put a new bathroom right. in a house. Right. I think there, there are two steps to this. The first one is that you need to have um, a checklist, if you will, of what is it that I'm looking at. And to this day, I still use the form that I've got sitting in front of me here right, right now that has approximately 40 things on it. There, there really are only about 40 things that can go wrong with a house. And this particular form has all 40 of those. So what what you do is you use this checklist every single time you go through a house to make sure that you don't miss any of the items, you know. So, you know, I've got, you know, the roof, the gutters, the attic, the foundation, the yard, the heat system, the cooling system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that you need to look at are looking at the house. Mm-hmm. So you go through this checklist and you make sure that you have looked at everything, see what, what it might need. It needs a new furnace. It needs this. It needs that. And the second side of that is understanding what the costs are. And I have a about a five-page uh, cheat sheet, if you will, that I've put together over the years that, you know, for each of these items, I know if I'm doing a retail level rehab, here's what it's going to cost. If I'm doing a rental level rehab, that's what it'll cost. Mm-hmm. So you you literally take from page two and put it on page one. You know, this furnace is going to cost me, the furnace and air, con- air conditioning system is going to cost me $4,000. Put that in. You go through, you, you know, fill out all the lines, you add up what it's going to take, um, now, one of the big things here is you make sure that you have accounted for the called the miscellaneous factor, the, the gotcha factor, you know, that uh, it's always something that you are not going to see when you go through here. So you make sure you have your miscellaneous factor in here. You get the total cost, the total estimate of what it's going to cost to repair this house. And that's and your, you that's your good guess. Your formula. Because yeah, that's the good guess. Because, yeah. yeah, you can walk through a house with that form in 20 or 25 minutes and then before you leave you look back at the mm-hmm. form and you see if there's any blanks <laughs> you see if there's exactly. any any place where there's not a line filled out because you know if okay so there's not a second bath great right not applicable on that line so that that exactly. line is filled out uh at yeah. some point i think we all have the experience of thinking that we're too smart for our own forms and checklists <laughs> Until you get bit, right? <laughs> and yes, the I I I decided that around nineteen ninety seven or eight. I just I have that list memorized. I'm gonna I'm always gonna be able to walk through a house and just look at everything and just add up the stuff in my head. And the very 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 first time I didn't take my checklist into a house, I missed the fact that the plumbing had been stolen. Because there was nothing to look at. Right. You know, if, right. if, if the copper had been there, <laughs> I would have, I would have made a, you know, I would have made a mental note, you know, hey, it's copper plumbing. Yeah. That's good. 
Uh, but it wasn't there, so I didn't see it, so I didn't notice. And this was a listed property. So I, I made the offer based on not the plumbing being stolen <laughs> and that, that repair, right. um, you know, that $1,200 expense being a, a piece of all of this. And it was accepted because it was too yeah. high. <laughs> and uh, right. the, So the agent called me to say, yeah, they've accepted your offer. And I said, okay, great. Can we get the utilities on? And he said, what do you mean the, the electric's on and the furnace is on, but it's summertime, so... You know, it's not going to come on. And I said, what about the water? And he said, there's no pipes. <laughs> that, that was an embarrassing moment. Yes. So, yeah, the checklist is a good thing to have. And it's a good thing to always, always, always have. And we need to take a, a break in just a second. But I can just hear there's there's um, one million real life real estate listeners right now because real life real estate is more popular than bacon. And. <laughs> They're all thinking, well, why doesn't Jerry just send us his cheat sheet list and then we won't, we don't, we don't have to like figure out what things cost. Why, why, why would it not work to send your cheat sheet list to people in Cincinnati and California and New Jersey and Florida and, and, and? Well, the people in Cincinnati, we'd have a chance of it being correct. People in California, no chance <laughs> because your costs are, are different. You know, what, uh, what I actually train people to do is to take my my form of the cost and take it to three rehabbers, active rehabbers in their RIA group, and sit down with them and run through it and find out, you know, what does a furnace cost in Sacramento? I don't know. You know I have no way of knowing that. Um, or um, one that we ran into the one time when we were doing one of your classes <clears throat> up in New Jersey, um, an electric panel in Cincinnati is about $1,800. That exact same panel in New Jersey is $3,300. Had no way of doing that until we talked to the locals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to, you have to update these for your, you know, your local uh, conditions, your local market. But, um, you, yeah, so I can't, can't tell you that every, in every city around the country, you know, you, what, what it should cost. Do you have, do you, for your own purposes, cause I know you're making offers in Florida and also up here in the greater Cincinnati area. Uh, do you, for instance, have a different cost on your cheat sheet for the roof here yes. than there? Um, the, the roof down here is two and a half times what it is in Cincinnati. Exact same shingles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we have this thing called hurricanes down here. So the, uh, you know, the, the permitting and the inspections and, the way that uh, things have to actually be in, installed down here are different and much more expensive. And we also have um, the licensed contractors for everything, whereas in you know most of Cincinnati I can get by with a, just a normal roofer who doesn't have to have a roofing license um, like they do down here. So, you know, you, you need to know that so you have appropriate costs uh, that you can apply. Uh, the other thing down here, obviously, is windows. You know, we have hurricane windows instead of just the normal windows that we have up in Cincinnati area. So you need to know those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is why it's hard to rehab in, in another market that you don't understand. That's that's a, mm-hmm. a, I don't know, for some reason that's a common thought now is, well, I, I, you know, my market's too competitive, so I'm going to go into somebody else's market and do wholesales or rehabs or something like that. And one of the things that I've learned from going and inspecting properties in other markets is 
you don't you don't understand that even even things like just how houses are constructed can be very mm-hmm. very different from one market to another. Right. We have very few. Right. I, I think I think in my entire real estate career here in the greater Cincinnati area, I've seen three houses built of concrete block. And I've seen three down here that aren't. (laughs) It's almost almost that that much different. Exactly. All right. We do need to take a break. I want to encourage listeners who've got uh, just any, any kind of question that you have, there's like, this is, this is the day where there's no stupid questions about the inspection process. Uh, either give us a call at 877-772-9658 or else send us an email. The email address is askvina, that's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jerry Fink. We're talking about uh, just high level, how does all this inspection stuff and repair estimating stuff work? And Jerry, I, for, I completely forgot to tell folks that at the next online Cincinnati RIA meeting, which is next Thursday, so it's a week from tomorrow and it's on Zoom, so anybody can come, even Mr. Cleveland from Minneapolis can come to this, <laughs> come to this Zoom meeting. You're going to you're going to be giving a much more in-depth presentation about specifically things that you have seen people miss in inspections because they don't look like and you've got you've got photos and everything. They don't look like a big deal if you if you're not familiar with what it could mean and then they end up costing a thousand or 2000 or 5000 or 10000 dollars that you weren't expecting. Once you buy the yeah. property, so, I'm also going to use one that you're real familiar with. That was a twenty-five thousand dollar miss. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to. <laughs> okay, you t- you can talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, so, so if if you guys would like to see that presentation, where we are multimedia and he does have pictures and whatnot, uh, CincinnatiRia.com. So, um, a lot of people from Cincinnati. I found out, don't know how to spell Cincinnati. It's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A.com. If you're a member or first-time guest, uh, it's free to attend. Um, if you're not a first-time guest, I would question why you're coming back to a meeting without being a member that you already know is awesome because you're coming back again. That's how you know it's awesome. Cincinnati.com, check out the uh, the calendar event will be in, next Thursday. Just click on that and you can get signed up. Oh, and the other topic that works very well on um, a, a Zoom meeting, but not so great on the radio is uh, uh, Jerome Lewis is going to be talking about how to get leads from Facebook. What do you have to, what, how do you have to set up your Facebook page so that you can get leads for, you know, he says pennies. And of course these are sellers that other people aren't hitting up because they're not on the foreclosure list or the whatever list. So It'll be a good meeting, CincinnatiRia.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mr. Cleveland from Minneapolis. <laughs> Mr. Cleveland, welcome to Real Life You love States. doing that, don't you? I do love doing that because it's so funny <laughs> that you're Mr. Cleveland, but you're from Minneapolis. All right. My question is, what about infestations in the house that can do damage, like termites or certain types of ants? 
those types of things. Where would you find that in your inspection sheet? Okay. Um, if you have my inspection sheet, and I would think you probably do, you've been to enough of our <laughs> enough of our things. Um, where I normally is, I'm going to pick that up is on that basement line. As I'm going through the basement, I'm going to be looking at the, the rafters and all the band boards and everything and looking for that type of damage. Did that answer your question, Mr. Cleveland? <laughs> uh, yes. Is there uh, something certain that you look up there and go, yeah, it's this kind of marking, so therefore it's this? Well, remember, remember, Mr. Cleveland, this is still yeah. the initial inspection we're talking about. So I think we just note that there is a problem and that there's definitely going to be, have to be treatment. And in a minute, we're going to talk about stuff that you bring with you to help you decide how bad the problem is, like literally tools to bring with you mm-hmm. to decide how bad the problem is. And you make your best guess about what you're looking at. And then afterwards, you bring in one of those expert people. The pest inspectors. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> you're you're very welcome. Did I answer that right, Jerry? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know where I just jumped into full on takeover the show mode right there. Maybe it's because I like talking, Mister Cleveland. So I don't much. know. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have we also have a listener email from Tim in Wisconsin. He okay. says my wholesaling guru has a different way of doing this. He's got a list of price per square foot for repairs that ranges from about $25 for a light rehab to $67. And, and I, it doesn't say this, but I should add for the listeners who might be questioning why a rehab would only cost $27. That's $27 per square foot, $25 per square right. foot, up to $67 right. per square foot for a complete gut rehab. Is this a good way to tackle the initial inspection <laughs> that's interesting um I, I was actually just in the last uh week or so doing some research on a, a presentation i'm doing later in the month um and i'm actually using this example um i went through went on the internet pulled up uh actually seven different quote gurus who um have their prices right and the ones that i have uh in in my little chart here are between $15 and $75 per square foot. Now, the problem is, like every other thing in in um, real estate, it depends how, you know, we, we've already talked about where are you, right? So if you're in New Jersey or if you're in California, your costs are so much higher than mine are in Cincinnati. So just right there, we, we you know, it kind of makes that not work um and the thing of, of, of just the whole concept that you can go in and without seeing a property guess what it's going to cost um it, it just to me it, it just it's wrong <laughs> you know you just can't do that so for instance um the the i just threw some numbers in from a property that i did recently um and the estimates go everywhere from 14.5 to 72.9 and my estimate is thirty-five-seven. So, you know, the, the problem with this is, if you are 
10 or 15 or $20,000 off either high or low, you're either not going to get the deal or you're going to, you know, um, you're going to get the deal, but there's no way that you're going to be able to sell it to, you know, a retailer who's actually going to go in and, and do a true inspection and figure out what it's really going to cost. My rule of thumb on, on this is when someone brings me a deal, when, when a wholesaler brings me a deal, I want them to be within about 10% plus or minus of my of what I come up with uh, for my estimates. If we're within about 10, 10% or so, I know that they at least have a concept of what they're doing. Um, and I'll work with a, a, a new wholesaler, for instance, and, and kind of go through it with them once and so, show them, you know, here's where here's where we're so different or whatever. But if if you want to wholesale to me and you just keep bringing me this garbage that's, you know, based on $42 a square foot, <laughs> you know, just out of the <laughs> air, I am not going to take you serious and I'm not going to bother actually evaluating your deals. So, you know, you are shooting yourself in the foot if you if you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really, really, really have to, as a wholesaler, make a legitimate effort to understand these costs and understand how to apply them so that when you, as a wholesaler, bring me as a retailer a deal, you know, it's at least within that, you know, 10%. Uh, so it, it makes sense for me to spend my time actually going in and fully evaluating this deal to, to see whether it makes sense to put my money into. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the retailer, um, you need to understand it so that, you know, you don't get into this thing thinking it's going to cost you $40,000. And when you get in there, it's a $70,000 rehab because you use some sort of a, you know, out of the year guesstimate. Yeah. What are you, uh, you going to do? Tell your, con- what are you going to tell your contractor? <laughs> yeah. Fix this and, and charge me $70 a square foot. Like it just, it just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't work yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, because, you know, okay. Is it, you know, is it the big ticket items? Is it the, the roof and the furnace and the windows, you know, that are bad or is it paint? You know, is it, is, is it lipstick? You know, is it the uh, paint and paint and carpet type thing? Or is it, you know, a more moderate um, rehab or is it a, a true, you know, full gut rehab? Um, full gut, you know, even the $75 a foot, depending on where you are in the country, uh, might not be anywhere close enough. You know, uh, build costs at this point are, you know, 125 to $175 a foot, most part of the country. Um, so, you know, full gut is almost a rebuild. So, you know, are you really going to get by even for, for 75? So you just, you really, really, really have to, unfortunately, put the time in and do the work. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going to, consistently make good offers, get those offers accepted and be able to sell those deals or buy them profitably. If that's, or buy them profitably. Yeah. Okay. So imagine right now that I'm sitting here in the studio, headphones on mic in front of me and also mic in front of me. I've got a mic in front of me and I've got the mic in front (laughs) of me as well. And, and on my one shoulder, there's a tiny little Vena with devil horns and a tail. And on my other shoulder, there's an angel Vena with wings and a halo Every time I, (laughs) every time, every time I hear this, this thing about some guru told me just to estimate costs at, and I'm, you, you said you found a huge range even of what the gurus Mm -hmm. were saying. The, 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 the little angel Vena says, well, that guru probably intended that to be a, 
a, like a rule of thumb, a guideline, sort sort of like the one percent rule. You know, you, you should mm-hmm. you should your that property you buy should generate one percent of whatever you paid for it in rent per month. That's not actually a reason to buy a property. It's it's more of a guideline to make you decide, like, am I even interested in going to look at this property, or is it or is it priced above this guideline already? I don't need to go look at it. I already know that I'm not interested. So maybe what they mean is, you know, you're talking to a seller on the phone. He's describing what's the matter with his property. You're just kind of doing a quick, well, that sounds like it could be as much as a $65 a square foot rehab. And, and it kind of lets you, lets you look at it and say, well, that seller's price is actually fairly close to what I might be willing to pay or it's not. The devil Vina on my other shoulder. <laughs> is saying that is a guru trying to make this sound a lot easier than it actually is so that you will buy the course and be convinced that like there's there's basically no skill that you have to develop here because I think a lot of those folks also do the same thing with value. They say, oh, well, the way you get right. property value is you look at uh, the four biggest, um, uh, you know, free online AVM things and you average them which absolutely not true a hundred percent of the right. time uh, you might, it might hit the right number every once in a while, just like 65 or 25 a square foot might hit the right number every once mm-hmm. in a while, but that's just a coincidence. So right. I, I right. never know what to make of that. I never know what to make of people. Surely they don't run their businesses that way. Surely they in fact put a human being inside that property and have a checklist like your checklist and write down like what it actually needs and what that's actually likely to cost. They can't mean for people to do it the way it sounds like they're having people well, do it. Well, and, and let me be the devil here for a minute because I think the other thing that happens is that there are some wholesalers out there who put deals under contract using, you know, this out of the air figure and then aren't able to sell them and all they've done is strung out the seller, right? And they're mm-hmm. giving our industry a bad name. I would say a black so, eye. I, I would say it's more violent than just <laughs> a bad name. Like, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of folks in higher positions that are very interested in the fact that there are wholesalers who put 10 properties under contract for everyone that they're actually able to sell. And I'm, it might be these same wholesalers who are trying to do it without 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 the skill and this isn't this isn't rocket science right that it yes it is a skill you have to study and develop and then you have to go practice or you're never going to get good at it right but it's not what i call go out go out and get your nose bloody (laughs) yeah yeah you just got to go out and do it it it, it's not it's not that hard You, you just you just have to spend some time learning how to do it so let's talk about a couple of other things. I, I hinted to Mr. Cleveland that as we talked about this process, you were also going to talk about there's stuff that you should have with you on the inspection. You've already mentioned your, your, you know, you, you need to bring whatever cheat sheet you're using and whatever inspection right. form you're using. What else is like, don't show up at an, at, when you're doing this wa- initial walkthrough without it? Mm-hmm. Um, another one is a good, strong flashlight. Um, your phone isn't really strong enough because most most of these places um, that we're going to look at, the power's not on, and we got to be able to actually see things like see into the furnace, see up into the rafters, you know, all that sort of stuff. So a good strong flashlight is uh, is important. 
Um, the, the one that we kind of hinted with with uh, Mr. Cleveland is the awl, um, you know, the little pointy screwdriver-looking thing. So if you see a, a, a place in the, in the rafters that looks bad, you can actually poke at it to see whether, you know, is it, is it termite dust that comes out of there? Or is it dry rot or, or is it just a discoloration? You know of the of the timber. So if the um, if the all goes know, that's another one. If the all goes through the rafter, the sill plate is that good or bad? No, that's that's real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Note to <Yeah>. self. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that, that a lot of people, uh, especially during the winter, will forget about, but then in the summer, in the spring and summer, you're going to want to remember this is uh, bug spray or denatured alcohol. Um, I am one of these people that if there is a flea in the house, it will come after me. So I, I carry uh, a spray bottle of denatured alcohol. Um, I spray my my uh, legs and, and shoes before I go in, and then also once I come back out before I get in the car so that I don't take anything home that I don't want. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Um, uh, a little cheap circuit tester. So if the power is on, you can test to see you know, whether the polarity is correct, whether it truly are grounded circuits, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, something to do measurements with, a tape measure or on your phone, you know, the, the measuring um, apps. Uh, because one of the things that you are going to want to get as you're going through is the size of the of the rooms and everything. So you can guesstimate things like, you know, how much flooring. I need, you know, 48 square feet of whatever flooring in this room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a tape measure. Um, a hat, uh, <laughs> you know, not for vanity. <laughs> it's because a lot of these places have a lot of, uh, spider webs and all that kind of crud. So you want to, you know, yes. uh, and, have a hat with you. And we're, um, we're, 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 we're actually out of time, Jerry, but let me add, ladies don't wear high heels and wear socks yeah. with your shoes <laughs> like the, the, for all the same reasons that Jerry just talked about. Um, yeah, so we're out of show where I know we're not out of stuff to talk about, but we're out of show. I want to invite people yeah. again to next week's Cincinnati RIA meeting where Jerry will be talking for an hour with photos about things that you're real likely to miss, even if you're fairly experienced at all of this. That's com. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing right. your time and expertise with us today. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.